a listener exclusive. From the Penguin Parade at Phillip Island to that new building development in the middle of Warrigal, this is Talking Gippsland with Ed Cowlishaw. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Gippsland. I'm Ed Cowlishaw. Today we rejoin the conversation with Ben Bradley, a.k.a. Ranger Benny. In part two of our conversation, we go down the path of Ranger Benny's AFL career, or what could have been, and how he fell into the job of becoming Gippsland's favourite wildlife adventurer. Kick back, relax, and enjoy part two of our conversation with Ben Bradley here on Talking Gippsland. Hey, Benny's joined us, of course, aka Ranger Benny, uh, talking about his journey through life uh, here on Talking Gippsland, of course. It's uh, local people, local voices, and local stories that we absolutely love uh, getting into at the moment. You mentioned footy, <laughs> and uh, you sort of just dropped it that you're a bit of a big deal. Um, <laughs> Got paid to play. Let's let's check the tapes. Oh, no, check the remember, tapes. I don't remember saying big deal. Vic but... <laughs> Mentro, uh, you know all this sort of stuff. Quaffle footy, VFL, all that sort of stuff. Let's break down your, your footy journey as well, because I think sport is a great outlet uh, for adolescents. There's no doubt about that for anyone, really, at, at any age. Um, I was down in Sale the other weekend and saw the lawn bowl, bowls, and boy, the sledging out there on uh, <laughs> green number three, you know who you were. Um, it was going uh, pretty rife out there. But let's talk about your footy career. How did you get involved with that? Because it's footy cricket, really, at a young age, but there are so many other sports nowadays. You fell in love with footy. Tell us about it. Yeah, absolutely. For me, it was the combat of footy that I loved. So I had some decent skills and could, you know, go both sides of the body and all that um, and got myself pretty fit and and all that sort of stuff when when you're young and passionate about footy. But I just used to thrive on that competition of, you know, I'm not going to let this guy get past me. And it was that wild... um, action of just back in the days when you used to be able to be pretty brutal with the sling tackles and dumping people yeah. on their heads and rubbing their face in the dirt. Yeah. Don't do that these days, no, kids, don't. please don't. don't please. Um, but, but that was all a part of it back then. And that, and that was what was regarded pretty highly. So, so I was able to get into, you know, playing some senior footy at a pretty young age and playing against men, which is quite different for, you know, a 15-year-old body, which is not grown in. Coming yeah. up against you know grown men of, of my age now at forty, it's it's pretty pretty intense sort of situation. But uh, yeah, I was just had a compared to the sort of person I was off the field, which is pretty easy going and pretty you know just relaxed. Um, the old white line fever used to kick in for me pretty severely and always fair. Um, got reported a few times, but never rubbed out, mate. So um, <laughs> there, was, there was a fun instance there, knocking some ruckman out, playing against him at Carlton one day, and um, he played AFL the next week, and I think that's what got Did me off. Really? Yeah. <laughs> right. Cheers to you out there, buddy. Um, names? But, oh, no, I'm not going to drop any names. No. <laughs> Matty Allen, hello. <laughs> um, but those those opportunities, like, I think, I think you know, I was not – not going to play AFL footy, but the fact that I got to play VFL footy against these guys that, like I said, the next week they're playing up in the AFL. And I remember lining up one day, you'll love this name, old Buddha Hocking. He, yeah. was, he was coaching Ballarat at the time and yeah. we were playing against him. And here's skinny old me lining up against him. And I remember he just nudged me off the ball, first bounce, and then I, you know, I'm on the ground two seconds later. Just, you know, heroes of the game. Um, getting the chance to, to rub shoulders with those guys was was. Awesome, you know, absolutely loved it. But um, yeah, it was a real, it was a real outlet for me. It was, it was everything when I was a teenager. That was the, the sole focus of I wanted that AFL career and working towards it. But 
so what happened? What what happened there? Because you, you're alluding to there was a moment there, where, and it, this is the harshest thing as well. We've got the national draft oh, around yeah. us as well. Yeah, okay. And this is this is emotional as well for a lot of youngsters, where Absolutely. you think about well, where where can you go? You got this dream of being the best you possibly can, and maybe playing for your favourite AFL team, or or just playing in the AFL or at the highest level of whatever sport you're in. And then that moment, whether it be injury or someone saying you're not good enough. Yeah. What was it for you? Yeah. So for me, it was. As the at the underage level, so yep. getting across to Gippsland Power, yep. and um, I never played for Gippsland Power, and I got all the way through the preseason. I was doing really well, and and got through the first couple of cuts, and was playing practice matches yep. and all that, and literally got to the final cut when they were, I think, dropping about three or four players down into that spot. And that's when I got the phone call. So it was Heart as heartbreaking as it could yeah. be, you know, going into my my year twelve year, um, and. For someone who's so into footy like I was then, it was, yeah, I definitely shed tears and was like, well, what do I do now? I'd, I'd banked on that opportunity um, that it was going to happen. Um, but fortunately enough for me, I just threw myself at the next challenge. Like, yeah. And that's, that's op- the optimistic outlook um, was crucial for me at that time. I, I'm like, all right, well, what, what's going on here? What are we going to do now? Um, just shifted into that mode and, you know, played local footy like my life depended on it and uh, really got joy out of that as well. Um, but, yeah, really, I really feel for, for those kids with the pressure that's, that's mm. on them these days and, and the professionalism of the game that's changed in that, you know, 20 years time that I'm talking about is like night and day. It's just incredible. But that, that comes with some amazing opportunities as well. But, yeah, if, if there was any advice for those, those kids out there, it's just, just yeah, feel, feel the pain of disappointment when it doesn't happen, but, but have a strategy in place for, for what to do with that, um, you know, and, and find the little positive. Get yourself around some positive people and, you know, pick yourself up. Just because you don't get taken in that draft as a 17-year-old, uh, there's people getting into the game in their 20s. And if, that, if that's your goal, yeah. it's never a guarantee that it's going to happen. But you p- position yourself in the right way and you work hard. Like no one is successful out there without hard work. Like you ask anyone, it is the common, common thread. You listen to some of the good p- podcasts out there that are in that realm of the sporting heroes that are out there. They all say it. it's, it's hard work and you've got to be willing to do it. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And I think... That call, I was speaking to a young fella today where all his eggs are in the basket of making it to the AFL. Yeah. And listening to him and hear his passion for simply playing, I said, well, okay, well, what's what's the backup? What's the other plan, you know? Um, not if you just don't get drafted, but say you play one season, you do an injury, yeah. and then you get cut. What's, what's the plan after that? I'm not thinking about that. Yeah. And that scared me interviewing <laughs> this young man because I'm just like, well... The average AFL player plays about 15 games. Yeah. That's it. It's yeah. so cutthroat. You're not going to be the 300 gamers all the time like a Shane Edwards from your mob yeah. or a Nathan <laughs> Jones from mine. Yeah. It's it's more about, you know, making sure that you have something in plan. And you did, which is quite incredible. Uh, we come back to now, Gumbai World, the role that you're in at the moment. Is it everything that you want because I know I alluded to before that there might be that unity to go and do something else but mm. every single time I catch up with you in the studio or offside or whatever it is there's a smile on your face and you're just like this is this is it I'm, I'm loving every moment of it it's an amazing opportunity that I've got there um I started over there in the you know the property services team yeah you know had I just 
would drive past that place and see the development they were putting in there. And I'm like, I've got to get a job there. I, I have to. At some point, I'm going to get in that wildlife. And this is coming from someone who has zero wildlife mm. jobs. Like my wildlife experience is catching and relocating venomous snakes for 15 years. And, and I taught myself to do that. So that's, that's the background that I'm bringing in here and trying to get jobs alongside people who with university degrees and full conservation backgrounds and all this sort of stuff. Um, so I figured just get yourself, get your foot in the door, you know, whatever. Um, because I've got so many varied experiences, you know, 10 years working in school camps, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can run the rides there. That's fine. They'll teach me how to do it. No dramas. I'll have a job there in guest services. I don't really care. So they were applying for those sorts of jobs at the time, um, went to a big group interview and got through that. Um, they offered, it, offered me a job that wasn't actually on the cards on that night. So that was in the property services team. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yep. Oh, thank goodness. Cause I didn't want to stand there running rides. I'm like, no, that's, <laughs> that's not my joy, but, but I would have done it yeah. because I had that goal. I had, I knew what I was working towards the wildlife team. I thought, you know, two, three years putting in the hard yards there, I, I might be able to get myself into, into a good position and slowly make my way, maybe do a few courses in the wildlife area, some cert threes or whatever. Um, yeah, fast forward about seven or eight weeks and I was a full-timer in the wildlife team. So just because of the timing, the leadership at the time, the management, things just fell into place for me. Um, and not without, you know, putting my best foot forward. So I was making sure that I was positioning myself well and just doing a really good job at everything I did there. And um, and that was recognised by by people and, and people who were influential to position me where what was the best for the company, which was coincidentally the best for me as well. So, yeah, just able to, you know, get myself into a into leading the team before too long, which was like I look back at it now and it's just I don't know how it's happened, but then again I kind of do because it's just sometimes life experience can can outweigh that piece of paper. So mm. if if you're if you're um, worried about, oh, I'm lacking this experience in this and that area, just what you're bringing with you with your story and your journey and relatable skills in other areas, a work ethic, all these sorts of things are what's given me this opportunity now. But, but what I love most about it is the, the freedom and the opportunity to, to create opportunities there, I suppose. So, you know, any given week, I'm um, building exhibits or I'm, you know, managing my team, I'm able to, to nurture this team and really set the culture of what the wildlife team's all about there. Um, I'm able to make some fun videos. I come and hang out with you every couple of weeks in the studio and, um, you know, I get to walk around with all these VIPs and give them amazing encounters with wildlife. And um, it's just an incredible opportunity. And I think that's what gets me so excited about the place is, is that variety in the job. If I take out any one of those elements of my job and if I had to do just that, I'm not enjoying myself. Even if that is the, the best part of my job, yeah. if that's all I'm getting the opportunity to do, that's not me. I need, like what you alluded to before, I need that variety, that new adventure, that challenge that's that's stretching me over there. Um, what I've got to be careful of is to be to be really present in what's happening right now though because and be grateful for that. Because if I'm constantly going, oh, gee, I've got to get down that path. And uh, we're not appreciating how good things are right now. And the, I, I never want to take that for granted, the opportunity I've got um, in that 
it's such a dynamic business in this Gippsland area and it's only getting bigger and better, which is super exciting. I sense that there is something on the horizon though as well, uh, knowing you and the journey that we've been through today, talking about your life. A great coach of mine when I was playing basketball as a youngster, he said, look, this is the offense, but it's not set in conf- concrete. Yeah. You can work around it, right? This is your base, but it ain't in concrete. Absolutely. Are you looking at other things? I mean, we see your social following, we see Instagram, we see what we're doing today. We've got cameras, I'm interviewing and all <laughs> that sort of stuff. But I get the sense, you mentioned a book before and things like that. There is always something challenging you uh, in, a, in another space as well, whilst encompassing what you're doing and loving a gun by world. Yeah, most definitely. I think um, in terms of gun by world, I'm so happy there. And that's what I love, those, the roots that I've finally been able to, like exactly this land that we're on right now, I've been here for, you know, eight or nine years, which is unheard of in my lifetime. Mm. And even looking around my backyard, the literal roots that have been set down in this place, when you stay still long enough, you're actually able to, to benefit from that. Some of the relationships that I've got with people in this local area that I've now known for eight and 10 years, just has never happened in my life before because I've been skipping around everywhere. So um, feeling really steady and and rooted in, in that situation, but there's always that that wild side that needs yeah. fulfilling over here. So that's that's the the exciting aspect for me. And and I love that I can do that through my job at Gumbaya. Um, but in some ways that's very um, it's a single path for me. And as much as, you know, a few people out there know me as Ranger Benny, that's awesome. I love that. And I'm trying to make that as big and amazing as I can for Gumby World. Um, But I'm also aware that there's all these other facets to who I am that I don't want to just be tunneled into that that one, oh, that's Ranger Benny and he's the wildlife guy, which I am and that's what I do. But um, I'm really starting to try and express myself in other ways and take people on that journey as well. So I'm trying to, you know, get my old eagle eye business up and running again. And, you know, we, we've, we've got the, uh, the cameras out today to try and get a YouTube channel going and um, all the things that I've, I look at other people out there doing it and I'm inspired by the courage that they've taken to do it. And I'm like, come on, Benny. Like, has there ever been a better time to, to actually have a crack at it than now um and i've always been too scared to do it Mm. i'm pretty harsh judge on myself and i think oh people are going to judge you and you're going to cop this and which i'm going to cop absolutely but i've got to stop trying to put everything out there that's that has to be perfect and because i hold so much of it back like this book that i'm talking about which is you know 80 percent still inside my head let alone what's down on paper um just having the courage to to put things out there in the world and and just take whatever responses come back um at to this point um you know i consider myself that i'm even that character that i play as ranger benny it's still it's just me i'm not playing up anything yeah i'm on when i'm in that mode when you know i can't just be having a chat like i am with you now if i've got 300 people in front of me and we got wildlife hanging off us yeah you you ramp things up a little bit but it's still a genuine version of who i am so i'm just trying to show more variety to that i suppose you know the musical side of what my wife brought to to me you know playing guitar and singing and if i ever put something out in that realm you'll know i'm really outside my comfort zone 
and I'm, I'm pushing the limits. But, you know, there's adventures that I want to go on and take people on. And we've got um, Summit Survivor coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So that's some, an, an event that I helped at, to actually establish down the road there. And, and I know that they're doing ads on Triple M Gippsland yeah. there. I heard them the other day. And, and I'm going to get down there with a, the with a film and, and do some interviews down there and take people on a muddy adventure and, and stick it out there. And, you know, hopefully if people love the experience and the video, fantastic. If they don't, they'll just scroll on by. And I'm fine with that too. And I'm not trying to create any massive entity there, but I just want to put it out there. It might be entertaining for family and friends. And if that's as far as it goes, awesome. You know, because I'm loving the journey of doing it. So, If you pull out the guitar, I'll pull out the saxophone, all right? That's, that's, <laughs> that's what we'll do. That's my midlife crisis at the moment <laughs> that I'm dealing with at the moment because I didn't get to play it when I was younger. Um, <laughs> Benny, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you, talk about your journey. Uh, it ain't over. And I get... The feeling is something special is happening around the corner. I don't know what it is. Something's going to happen. I don't know if a snake's going to jump on me. I don't know what's going on. But it's been great to see you welcoming into your home, uh, your beautiful partner in crime, the kids, and um, just the life that you've got here in Yarragon and here in Gippsland. Um, you're happy. Uh, you're centred and you're always looking for the next challenge. That's why we love you. Um, thanks for being part of Talking Gippsland. It's an absolute pleasure, mate, and and right back at you as well. I've I've really loved to see, uh, particularly you and and Ellerina jump into this space, and you know get Gippsland on the map a little bit in and really grow the the amazing opportunities that that we've got here. It's the it's a growth belt coming out of mm-hmm. Melbourne, and we can really highlight this place for the the amazing opportunities that are out there. So so credit to you particularly, but but for the you know the crew at at Triple M there, so welcoming to me. I don't know why you guys have put up with me for so long, but, um, yeah, it's greatly appreciated, mate. And, um, you know, you're not just a, a work bloke. I, I like, you know, the fact that we've been able to become good friends mm. through this. Um, and, yeah, look forward to, to more adventures, mate. No doubt. We're ready for it. Just don't get me on the summit. Uh, Betty joining us, of course, so you're on Talking Gippsland. Uh, check us out on the Listener app, uh, up and running for your enjoyment there, of course. It is uh, local voices with local stories. And if you've got one to tell, shoot us an email, of course, at uh, edwin.cowlishaw, C-O-W-L-I-S-H-A-W, at sca.com.au. We'd love to hear your story here on Talking Gippsland. Until next time. A listener production.